when life hand you decides to hand out, hand out to you lemons, you can decide to make lemonade or you can complain that it's sour and you complain and you just don't do anything about it. So my circumstance, I find it's like the, a platform that has given me such drive. So I'm never comfortable, accept and understand that where I'm at is always, it's good, but I can always strive for more. Podcast Junkies, episode 225. Welcome back. In case you're new to the show, I'm Harry Duran, host of the show since 2014, having amazing, extraordinary conversations with some most interesting folks in the podcasting space. I'm recording this in the middle of June 2020, right after an incredible series of events over the past months. I've talked a bit about the impact of COVID, and then most recently, what's been happening and what started here in Minneapolis, my new home, with the death of George Floyd at the hands of four police officers. I don't know anyone in this country who hasn't been affected by what's been happening the past couple of weeks. And then I just recently put out a newsletter last night. It was a Sunday night to my audience, and it took me a while to gather my thoughts. And I know a lot of people were making comments on Facebook, but uh, I had to really sit with it and figure out what was the best way to educate myself about what not only has been going on, but what I can do as an ally to the black community to support Black Lives Matter and to do all the things that I can do as a business owner to support what's happening, to speak up for this community. It's an ongoing journey, and I've no doubt stumbled along the way in the past. I'm currently reading Ibram Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, which has been a complete eye-opener for me and, and very helpful for me in understanding how things that I've done and or said in the past have actually been racist, and that's something that I've come to terms with and learned how to be better in both the things I say and the things I do. I'm educating myself, reading a lot, and I'll provide a list of resources in the show notes that have been helpful for me along this journey. I encourage you to continue the discussion with me, either by replying to me at harry at podcastjunkies.com or engage with me as I've been pretty active on social media, promoting uh, articles that I've found interesting and relevant. One event that I recently took part in was Rachel Rogers town hall meeting, and I'll include a link to that as well. It's been, it was very helpful for understanding how to reimagine small business. And it was focused on how as a business owner, we can think about having a more diverse team and representation of how we support the black community. So that's, that was really helpful for me as well. There was also a pledge, which I encourage you to sign if you are a business owner on how you can be more inclusive with the black community. In case you missed last week's episode, I had a conversation with Chris Dufay, and Chris and I connected through the Black Belt Mastermind that we're both a part of. What was interesting about Chris's conversation was how he's been able to pivot his business and the folks that he coaches in helping them understand what are the things that a business owner needs to do in order to thrive in this environment. This week's guest is Henneka Watkins-Porter. Hanukkah is actually one of the interviews that I'm getting caught up with, and it was right before everything shut down for COVID. Hanukkah and I connected online, and we had a chance to talk at PodFest, which is the last conference I was at before coming home to Minneapolis and then being locked down for these past few months. 
Hanneke is an incredibly inspiring entrepreneur and podcaster. She talks about her inspiration for starting Entrepreneurly You and how she was able to meet Richard Branson. She reflects on the transition from radio to podcasting and talks a little bit about the differences between both for her and her burning desire to become a published author and what she learned from publishing her book, Podcast Power. She's been able to leverage her podcast to get press passes for events and build meaningful relationships with others and is really one of the hardest working podcasters I've met in recent times. This episode is sponsored by Focusrite and specifically the Focusrite Scarlet 2i2 sound card. Make sure you pick up the 3G version of my favorite sound card and something that I use on a weekly basis with my podcasts and my interviews specifically the super clean gain inputs and the ability to monitor both your microphone and your headphones, which is always key for me as a podcaster. Check out podcastjunkies.com forward slash focus right for their full list of gear to support the podcasting community. Make sure you stay to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. But for now, let's join this conversation with Henneke. So Henneke Watkins-Porter, host of The Entrepreneurial You, thank you so much for joining us on Podcast Junkies. Oh, thank you so much, Harry. It is my absolute pleasure to be here. <laughs> so we started talking a little bit of how we met, and we were connected through a past guest, Maurice Cherry, who was an early supporter of my show, because in the beginning, I started the show in 2014, and I was just really racing around to find out who wanted to be on my show. <laughs> you know, when you get started, you get so excited, and you just get even like the first hello, or the first hi, or the first someone that... It would take an, an hour of their time uh, to be on the show, and he made recently an email intro to you. I think I saw you post something about a, a book you've you published as well. So it's funny that I saw your name po- pop up. I think it was on Twitter, and then within a couple of days, like your name popped up in the email. I was like, well, that's a sign. I think we should have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that is so interesting too because I'll, as you talk about Maurice, I'll just tell you, you know, how we've met. I was, you know, speaking at Podcast Movement Evolutions, and so a friend of mine who knew that I was going to Los Angeles, he connected me to one of his friends who um, I had met before. And so she happened to have her husband being taped and a live recording with Maurice and, you know, for that show there. And she invited me. And so I met Maurice. Incidentally, when I met Maurice at the show and, you know, talking to him and everything, I was so excited because from one podcaster to, to another, you know how we get when we see each other, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so when I was talking to Maurice, he was like, because what happened is that I had a name tag. I was sitting at the front. I had VIP access to the event. I was sitting at the front with a name tag. So whilst I was, you know, after the event, I went up to Maurice and was talking with him. He said, oh, but I saw your name today. Just today I saw your name because earlier in the day, Pod News had published a news letter you know they That's yeah right, their yeah. daily thing <laughs> and so my book podcast power was highlighted as well and you know so it was just all the dots connecting and it was just so much fun and then he later connected you and I so I thoroughly enjoy that that story is, is, is remarkable so I'm gonna but we'll try to uh, wind the clock back a little bit and get the journey of how this all started for you so w- what were you doing or how did you hear about the podcast movement evolutions conference and was that your your first podcasting conference in the states well actually it was my second speaking engagement in the u.s for podcasting that is because i had hosted an event earlier but late last year with a friend of mine and that was my first conference in the U.S., actually. It was a small event, but nonetheless. And then, so in the early part of 
February, I was a speaker at ATD Tech Knowledge in San Jose. And then I later went over to Los Angeles. So it's so funny when I pitched to speak at both these events and I realized that they were so close to each other in terms of, you know, timing. I was like, wow, it's just so amazing. And then I should be going back just next week. Well, in the beginning of March to speak at PodFest. So it's been an exciting time for me in the podcast industry. And we'll get to meet in person because I'm headed to PodFest as well. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm really looking forward. I just booked flights and everything to go over. So, yeah. So where's home for you? Home for me is Land of Wood and Water, Jamaica. Sweet, sweet Jamaica. (laughs) So this is exciting for me because what I've been having the opportunity to do is speak to people from across the world now about podcasting. And I recently had on uh, uh, Chavi Sakdev. She's she's essentially was like the number two podcaster in India. In India, I I listened to that episode. I loved it. I'm like, she's talking about, you know, the history and and how the radio station, you know, made some changes and all that. I thought it was a pretty interesting episode. So now this is great because now, courtesy of you, I get to hear about what's happening in Jamaica. So talk to me a little bit about how you got started in in podcasting, and then we can go into what's happening there because I'm really curious and like, you know, how, how active the community is. Okay, interesting. So in 2014, I started a radio show and it was called The Entrepreneurial You. That radio show lasted three seasons with, so it was three years, 2014, 15, and 16. Each year, it was a 13-week season. It was a 15-minute show, had three various segments. So although it was 15 minutes, but it was very packed on radio, had sponsors and all the jazz. The first part of the show was called Startup Stories, where we look at startups and talk about their challenges, etc. And then in the middle of that, the second segment was something we call Please Call Me, which I looked at business service organizations and how they're helping businesses. And then the final segment was Success Exposed, where I looked at um, the veterans in the business, um, you know, how it is that they got there. And all of this happened within 15 minutes, believe it or not. And of course, ads had to be put in and so on. So after a while... Harry, I wanted to get a wider audience, right? I wanted to grow the show. People in the diaspora, Jamaican diaspora, that's the UK, Canada, and the US, they were able to listen to it via live stream, but still I wanted more. I also wanted to, you know, not have to, you know, go to to sponsors to always solicit funds and all of that because that can be a challenge. So I really wanted something that was a a bit more cost effective and wider market and, you know, wider access to to people. So the Entrepreneurial You was born. It was pretty much born, though, out of a conversation with a friend of mine where I remember talking to her because we were at an event together. I hadn't met her before in person, although she was actually one of the guests on the radio version of the show who my producer had connected me with at the time because I had a producer for the show. And so I met this person for the very first time in person at an event where she was a panelist. Um, she spoke, you know, I knew of her and her ability to solicit sponsorship and all of those things. So I remember after her segment was done, I asked her, so how do you, you know, seemingly have access to all these corporate sponsors and all of that? How do you manage to do that? And, you know, I she, she gave me an answer and then she gave me her number and I connected with her after and we had a conversation. She shared with me John Lee Dumas's EO Fire 
um oh, yeah. i think angel mixergy or something mixergy, angel yeah Henry, and yeah. they yes and there was another show i don't remember which one it was but i listened to john lee dumas's entrepreneurs on fire and i became so hooked I think at that time, Harry, I may have heard about podcast or what podcast is maybe once before, you know, but before she even shared the, the idea of a podcast with me, I remember somebody else also hearing my question in the conference, that same conference I'm talking about. And he reached out to me and say, why not go a podcast? Because Ingrid, that's the name of the, the young lady, she had said something about digital. She wasn't specific enough. She said, you know, maybe do something on YouTube and so on. So when I shared with her that they told a colleague to me about podcasting, which I perhaps may have heard the term once or twice before. Don't even remember if I'd listened to one before. And I was sharing that, that, you know, this is what this person say. I should start a podcast. So she said, yeah, and it was then that she shared the, those three podcasts with me, which I don't remember all three. But Fell in love, as I said, with um, JLD's EO Fire. Began listening to him. I began connecting with him, like, you know, be part of his community and genuinely engaging with him. And from there, it was just such a, a I, I was so resolute in my heart that I'm going to do a podcast. I remember John Lee Dumas was just so gracious to me. First, he did my audio bumper for my show. He was He was my first guest. Oh, that's so awesome. You know, he spoke at my uh, my virtual summit and, and so when I had it. And this is this happened in 2017, you know. So I've I've been so tremendously blessed by the big players and, and just persons in the industry and just everybody just having this community spirit to help each other. And from there, because having JLD on, I was able to leverage that, you know. So I've been able to get Seth Golding on my show, oh, uh, Richard Branson <laughs> and so on and so nice. forth. So it has been an amazing ride, a very difficult one at times, but an amazing ride. That's such a fascinating story. It's uh, and, and John is a great guy. We've become friends through the podcasting community as well. I was early in Podcasters Paradise. I've hung out with him a couple of times. Him and Kate. Kate is a wonderful person. Yeah, yeah, I've had Kate and as well. And you know what it was interesting, Harry, when I so I went to Podcast Movement last year in August when and that was the first time I was actually meeting in person JLD and Kate. You know, and I actually surprised him with a personalized gift and stuff. And it was like, it was just such a warm moment. It, for me, it was, I, I could tell that he valued that because it was thoughtful. And for me, it's like, I could never repay him. But it was just that, I think I just had to do a nice little gesture, you know, to let him know how much I appreciate his efforts. I think what's fascinating about your story is, although you are new to podcasting, all this work that you've put into radio has paid off. You know, you're talking about like keeping the segments tight, being concise with what you want to do. All that information is so valuable for new podcasters who are producing shows because there's a, you know, there's always the conversation on podcasts about how long a podcast episode should be. And everyone's answer is, or the people who know, it should be as long as it's still engaging for your listeners. So that could be something like, you know, past guest Mignon Fogarty's Grammar Girl and her five-minute episodes. <laughs> or it could be Joe Rogan with his three-hour episodes. You know, you'll, you'll find an audience for what you have as long as they keep listening and keep getting value. And I think if you could speak a little, a little bit to how or maybe who helped you understand the importance of those segments uh, and, and when you were on the radio, keeping them short in 15 minutes and providing as much value as you can within that time. Yes, you know, I've been pretty, pretty blessed to have some people in my life, you know, to give me guidance. Like, I, I just don't know how I've been so blessed, right? So 
There's this gentleman here called Owen James in Jamaica. He's been in the media, really big in the media. And he's actually featured me on one of his television shows called... What's it called again? Oh, gosh, I forget. But anyways, I remember speaking with him because his show has been hugely successful. And so when I told him about the idea of doing a radio show, he said to me, here's how you can make money from it. If you try to do a 15-minute segment in centrality and have a sponsor come on board for that entire 15 minutes, it, it can be challenging. But if sponsors know that they can sponsor a particular segment, then you can break it down until you can have different sponsors doing different segments. Um, so, right. So it was a revenue earning perspective, but also to make it interesting and not just 15 minutes of, you know, random talking, whatever. And so that was one. So Owen James has been very helpful. That alone was so much so insightful. Right. And then him connecting me with a radio station, because not having before prior experience in radio, you know, you, you need somebody to kind of help you open the door. And he did that for me. And not only that, my producer is just she's an award winning producer. She's produced award winning shows in Jamaica. A very gentle giant, Lorna Gordon, very gentle giant, works behind the scene, but she's a she's an excellent producer she's produced shows such as impact with, with cliff Hughes and other shows and so on and these are amazing uh, journalists in jamaica so i had that initial support and i think you know even how to writing the script and seeing her do the script the running order and connecting with the guests and so on because it in for the very first season or two that i did I was not the one producing the show, you know, and she's equipped me so much that after a while I could produce it myself. And so that I found was very, very helpful when I was about to start the podcast. How did you end up in radio? <laughs> that's, you know, that's such an interesting question. I wanted to do mass communications, media and communications at my university here in Jamaica, the University of the West Indies. We have a division called Carimac, the Caribbean Media and communication, something like that. And I applied. And what do you know? My application was rejected. Mm. And so I ended up doing sociology and management studies, ended up doing a double major in those two areas. And of course, graduated with honors from the University of the West Indies, the Mona campus in Jamaica. I was a bit wounded because as a little girl, I was kind of, you know, had this dream of wanting to be on radio. You know, when you're coming from humble beginnings and stuff, I have this dream of wanting to be on radio or television. I just wanted to be in the limelight somewhere, somehow. And it just never happened. So I was kind of devastated. But I realized, Harry, that life has a way of just coming full circle. You know what I mean? And in coming full circle, even without having that experience on radio before, never had any experience. I just knew I had a desire to do this show because I was doing, I had become an entrepreneur since 2007. I first started with a clothing brand called Patois Apparel. It was doing very well. After a while, you know, business fluctuates and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. But it was doing very well. And there was a point when I thought I wanted to pay it forward in terms of, I was getting invitations to speak at different events and to speak to different groups. And these opportunities were kind of, you know, allowing me to say, to think that, you know what, instead of just, you know, trying to speak to individuals or, you know, on a smaller scale and so on, I wanted to have an avenue where I could meet many, speak to many people at once. So I decided that, excuse me, I wanted to do this radio show. 
I also wanted to start writing books because I I was learning so much about entrepreneurship. Never had entrepreneurial experience before. Nobody in my family taught me, you know, like we didn't have that. So I wanted to to pay forward what I was learning. And it, and and so the radio show developed and then I started writing. My first book was called 15 Hints to Entrepreneurial Success, Lessons from a Caribbean Businesswoman. So to answer your question, how I ended up on radio. So that's the first thing. And then, like I said, life has a way of coming full circle because later, subsequent to that, I was invited with a, a colleague of mine who is a Jamaican, but he now resides in, in St. Kitts to host. So we host a radio show with him. So I was co- one of you know his co-hosts doing the show called Archie's Link Up. It was on mainstream radio in St. Kitts, but I was recording right here from home and sending the files to him. So that was that was pretty interesting without my mass communication degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, kudos to you for it seems like you've had this drive for a long time. Oh yeah. Especially as an entrepreneur. What's interesting that you said something earlier is when you were talking about even the fact that you had had success in radio, you know, some people and I'm sure friends would look at you and be like you know, you've, you've already made it. You're on radio. Like, what more do you want? And something you said earlier in our conversation struck me. You said you wanted more. Yes, I did. Where does that come from? So, Harry, I grew up very without any self-esteem, without any self-confidence, without any sense of self at all. Like, I've had not the best of circumstances. You know, I didn't grow up with my parents. I'm the daughter of a teen mom. And, you know, not knowing my father, all of those things. And I and I don't even look at them as, you know, right now as, oh, poor me kind of a thing. No, they are just part of what developed the drive. Because, you see, when life hand you, decides to hand out, hand out to you lemons, you can decide to make lemonade. Or you can complain that it's sour and you complain and you just don't do anything about it. So my circumstance, I find it's like the, a platform that has given me such drive. So I'm never comfortable, except and understand that where I'm at is always, it's good, but I can always strive for more and do better. And that for me, you know, I'm, I'm driven and I'm passionate and I don't quit. I, I said to somebody the other day, with hands down, I am the most, I'm the strongest person I know. I'm the most resilient. You know, you can outdo me when it comes on to talent and skills, but you cannot outdo me when it comes on to person and resilience. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about the choice of the topic because you said you you know you're you're an entrepreneur yourself and you've now written a book about entrepreneurism. The show is called Entrepreneurial You. So I'm just naturally curious like what what how can you describe a little bit about the entrepreneurial community in Jamaica and if that's something that's always been something that's always big and is it a, something that a lot of people talk about? So entrepreneurship in Jamaica is is huge, right? We have, I think we're setting the standards for all other Caribbean um, nation. We have a lot. I mean, the statistics as it relates to startup and the, the, the failure rate and so on, it, it holds true here as well. You start as quickly, yeah, yeah. but you fail just as quickly, right? Um, and you move on again and so on. Some people give up, realize it's not for them. Some people, like myself, it's just embedded in our DNA and we can't see ourselves doing anything differently. So... We have a lot of startups, particularly in the areas of tech, but we are tech and and, and the creative industry. Those are the areas that are booming and exciting for Jamaican entrepreneurs. We are resilient. I think there's just something about us as Jamaicans that generally we don't give up. We don't relent. Like we Mm. are, we're, we're warm people, 
but we are go-getters and we're fighters and we know what it is to fight, yeah? We know what it is to not give up because of our struggles as a people as a whole. And when you think about our history, of course, the, the whole slavery and everything having to do with, with that, all of that make us who we are today. So we're resilient and we have a lot of business. We have big businesses. We have small businesses. I mean, one of the most interesting things for me or, you know, even part of my journey as well is being part of the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship Caribbean. So, of course, that's affiliated with the Richard Branson brand, right? And that's a pretty clever story, a pretty story of how I met Richard Branson, interviewed him and stuff. So in 2017, which was the day before my birthday, I know he was going to be here because the Branson Center was being relocated from our second city of Montego Bay to Kingston. And I thought, yeah, I would love to have, you know, have a conversation with him and stuff. And, you know, they, they agreed, the CEO, the then CEO at the time agreed. And so the PR, their PR person contacted me. So it was about three or four people, media people in that room. Just imagine not doing my media degree, right? Not having my, my media degree, but yet I'm sitting in that room with all these other media people. Yeah. And I've been using my podcast as a press pass and all of that but that, we can talk about that later yeah, yeah of course so he came into the room and the very first comment he made was that i love your hair because my hair is always braided and colored and this is just what you're looking at now is very tame right but usually it's wild and colorful and stuff so and he was like i love you here and we did the interview maybe a 15 minute interview that we did it you know and by the time he was done, like he jumped off the stool that he was sitting on and grabbed the hair and put it over his head as though he was wearing locks. So in the in what you see in the media about, you know, that lightheartedness of Richard Branson, that that's exactly who he is. So I was happy for that moment. What was going through your mind when you were having the interview? Because naturally, when a lot of people have the opportunity to speak to someone who is essentially a hero, if you are an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you know, of someone who's like you would want to be in the same space with. But, you know, many people may not have the opportunity. Some will have the opportunity, but then they don't know what to say when given it. Given it. And your time with him is obviously so short because he's such a busy person. So I'm, I was wondering how you thought about it from a planning perspective going into the interview, what your thoughts were as you were having it with him. Yeah. And you know, that's a very good question. Like, I think it was, oh my gosh, what's it, uh, this guy at Podcast Movement Evolution? He spoke and he does a lot of interviews. I think he was with the HBO and stuff, with HBO as well. I don't remember his name. But he did, and he said like a lot of times when he, he gets these names and he was like, oh my gosh, he's just hoping that they'll cancel, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Because yeah, you're wanting yeah. you're wanting to have conversation and you're like oh my gosh, because it doesn't matter you know there's this fear that comes over you and you're thinking you know are you gonna ask something silly whatever, but I had as you said prepared because it was part of an episode a special edition episode for Global Entrepreneurship Week, so I had other persons on that podcast episode so it was Michael O'Neill there was Amy Porterfield Chris Ducker. Course, Richard Branson, and my there is somebody here from Jamaica as well, Kirk Anthony Hamilton. So there was five, was it five? And Malcolm M.J. Harris. It was six persons on that episode. And particularly that episode, I looked at collaboration for success and what does it mean and how can you, you know, collaborate successfully and so on. So I had my question pre-planned for him, right? I'd already interviewed all the others. So it was just his episode, his um, segment I needed to go in. So yeah, I just got right to it. You know, wasn't going to get distracted by the nerves and the butterflies and all of these things, you know. I kept to the script and asked about his tips for successful collaboration. So now talk about the transition into 
podcasting, you did mention JLD early on. So mm-hmm. what were your thoughts when you started the podcast? Like, how did you want it to be either different or the same from what you had been doing on the radio as you were launching it? Okay, so for starters, I knew it was going to be longer that I had control over. So I decided I was going to let it be for 30 minutes. I mean, as I developed along the way, it's anywhere between 24 and 34 minutes, right? I try to keep it under 30 minutes because based on the people who listen, my community, I know that they're busy and they don't short attention span like myself and try and keep it short. So that's it. But I remember if I take you through the process of recording. So I was... First of all, I, I got my microphone when I was in the last season of the radio edition, right? And that season, because usually I, I would go into the, the studio to record at the at the radio station. But because I had switched it up a bit and I was now doing the Caribbean edition of the, the radio show. So I was interviewing people you know, from St. Kitts, Trinidad, Barbados, all over the region the of course the, the station wouldn't make those calls so i had to you know because there were no international calls so i had to by then when i was preparing to do the the podcast i got my microphone and so on so i started practicing on using you know on the radio show for the podcast for, during that time but i tell you the truth harry i was doing every single thing that was necessary um, I was making sure the website, I was getting the website, I was <laughs> I was doing everything. But there was just one thing that, like, in my mind, I knew I was procrastinating. But I tried to, like, so I'm tricking myself into thinking, no, I'm making progress because I'm doing everything else. But I was procrastinating where the tech was concerned because... I was because even when I started recording the radio show, the Caribbean edition, I would send the files to production team at the radio station to edit. I wouldn't touch it. So when it's no time to do the podcast, I'm procrastinating because I'm thinking I don't know how to edit. It is going to be so difficult. What I don't know what to open my mouth and say. I don't know how. Like even though I have this experience with radio and and all of that, I just like started to feel fearful and so it took me a while i remember i'm sure it's somebody that you all know in the, in the community i don't even remember his name to be honest with you but we did a recording and somehow for that very first show that recording that i did as luck would have i don't know what it is but the file got misplaced and to this day i cannot locate that file the- <laughs> it's every podcaster's nightmare <laughs> Like I had lost my hard drive was wiped clean and everything and I just could not locate. I mean, even without I bought a software that could recover my deleted files, my trash, my bin. And I'm still yet to find that I found everything else except that one interview. And so I reached out to the guest to say, you know, this, this happened. Would you record again? He said he would. We just didn't get around to it. And eventually one day he came back to say, yes, he is. Go- he reached out to me and said, I'm ready now to be on your show. We scheduled for that interview. I'm sitting, waiting. He eventually came on a few minutes late and say, oh, he has a client and he never came back. I'm like, you know what? That's probably good that it didn't work out in the first place to begin with because that kind of a, no. Yeah, yeah. Everything <laughs> no. for a reason, right? Everything for a reason, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and so what was different and what was it? Because I love having having people on who've had the experience of radio and have then started podcasting. Because I think, you know, if, if you're not familiar with either, you're like, well, how hard can it be? You're behind a microphone for both, and you know, you just record, and it's basically the same thing. So for those that need to be educated a little bit in what the differences are, what what was interesting for you as you were making the transition? 
All right. So, so initially I had somebody who was able to rein me in, right? And if I was not enunciating or if I went over time or, you know, if my, you know, the volume was high or low, I had somebody who was controlling that. So I was almost in a safe place, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> doing the podcast, I'm doing it on my own, doing everything, I, my, my comfort zone I was taken out of that. I didn't have that buffer. I didn't have somebody to give me the eye when I didn't say something correctly or, you know, I just didn't have that. So that in and of itself, (laughs) (laughs) that in and of itself, you know, is different. But also on the plus side is that I had a certain level of freedom, right? Freedom to, of course, extend the show a little longer freedom to to not be as rigid in, in terms of being so formal and professional right so i could lap you know be a little lapse and i'm just be me like it's not you know a professional show and and so on but at the same time it's not as rigid as radio because you know you're you're in, in prime time radio and your sponsors are are listening in and you're you know it, it's during drive time kind of a thing so it was different. And, and both of them, I love both of them because I would readily host, take the show on radio again, you know, just repurpose it, the same content, repurpose it for radio. I would readily do that. It's just a matter of, my gosh, I don't have the time to solicit sponsors for that airtime and so on. So if somebody listening and wants to take it up, fine. <laughs> <laughs> What's so interesting about that is this on this realization when you're the podcaster it is that freedom that you spoke about i know joe rogan has mentioned it you're the station manager you're the marketer you're the talent you're the producer you're the editor you're you know you're the social media manager you're, you're, you know you're the engineer you literally have to wear all the hats because it's your show and i think the trade-off is and i think any podcaster who's been doing it for a while would agree that as challenging as it is and the fact that you are doing everything solo the freedom to do what you want, say what you want. You know, sometimes I have guests on that, you know, have a, a very small podcast, but because I'm just very curious, I just want to talk to them. You know, they, they say, scratch your own itch. Like, and, and I know that if I'm interested and I'm excited to talk to someone, that'll, that energy will come through for my listeners. And I'm always thinking of my listeners when I do these things. And if I was working at a radio station, you know, they would say like, well, that guest is not that popular. Maybe you shouldn't bring them on oh, or yeah. don't say that word. And so, you know, people come on here, they curse. They, you know, <laughs> you know I, t- I talk about my personal life sometimes and I just have the freedom to talk about what it is I feel like talking to. So talking about, which is what's been so fascinating fascinating about podcasting and I think it's what makes it so special. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me a little bit now about as you started producing the show and obviously we mentioned earlier the reason I at first heard about you was the book that you published. You obviously had experience publishing a book already so can you tell us a little bit about the journey to get that and when you realized that that's something you wanted to to check off on your podcasting list as well. So I've always had a desire like I have this affirmation that I'm a prolific author and I'm writing many books and so on. But the first one came about, interestingly, 15 Hints to Entrepreneurial Success. That came about when I remember having a store when I, you know, I, t- I talked to you about the fashion brand that I had, the clothing brand. And it was, you know, very popular tourist de- destination in Jamaica, you know, and a customer, a friend of mine came in and I was talking to her. I know she's she's a publisher as well. I was talking to her about, you know, writing and I really want to write a book and so on. And she says to me, what she said to me, like, it was just so simple. 
but yet it's so profound. She said, all you have to do is just start. And I literally, I literally came home that evening and just start. And so what, what were you thinking? About? Did you know what you wanted to write about? Right. So one of the things I asked her about, so what it is that really, as a publisher, you know, what it is that, that that's a hot topic now and everything. And she says, entrepreneurship. I'm like, but yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. It's in my DNA and so on. So that's how I started. But but as a Christian, um, there I began also writing devotional. So my second book was a book of quotes just to inspire and whatever, motivate and then my third and fourth books were devotional. So one of them is called Sermon Notes, 52-week devotional for quiet meditation. And then another one was a co-author of mine, Dr. Renit Joseph. And that one is called, according to his word, a 31-day devotional for entrepreneurs. And so the fifth book, which is the one that, you know, just I just published it. And I published it, I made sure to get it ready for the, the many conferences that I'll be speaking at this year. So that one is called Podcast Power, The Quick Start Guide to Launching and Leveling Up Your Brand. Great title. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, Podcast Power is the one that has been getting some love. And, you know, I'm really grateful to, to James Crid, um, James Cridland at Pod, Pod News. Uh, he shared it in Pod News a couple of times. I had it in the bookstore of ATD Technology when I was speaking there in, in, in San Jose. And yeah, I've just been getting some love from the community as well. So I'm grateful for that. The timing was interesting because I, I had a little site that I put together called podcastbooksclub.com, mm. yes. which is a collection because I was curious about all the people and friends of mine that have been written books about podcasting. And as I started doing my research and putting the site together, it was just fascinating to see, you know, there's books that go back to 2014, 2015 as well. And, and so many new books reading, being written. And I think it's so, so fascinating because there's always people who have something to say and will give their unique perspective on podcasting. And I think all of them are important. So it's, it's been interesting to see that it's still a topic that it probably more and more people I have a couple of friends who said they've got a couple of books in the works about podcasting as well. What was the most interesting thing you learned throughout the process of, of writing this, this most recent book? So usually I, and because I'm just so a type, a personality kind of a thing, I always want to be editing while I'm writing and uh, which yeah, is yeah. not good, <laughs> which is not good. Like yeah. you want to make sure it's correct and all of that. For me, what I did this time around, usually I just write, which I did initially. I started writing, like just write, write, write. But after a while, I started to create different files for each, each chapter and each segment. So for the, the description and the introduction and everything. So in my Google Drive folder, I had one chapter as a file and so on. And that instead of having to go through the entire book to even in the editing stage, right, I was able to go through various chapters, you know, and to, to build on those chapters. So for me, that process was different. It took a lot. And and maybe I came up with that process simply because I had a very short timeline working with. So I started, I had committed to, to do the book in November to finish it. So you have National Novel Writers Month, something to that event, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Whether you have to, you have to like finish a book in November. In November, exactly. So I took, I, I mean, I, I decided I was going to do that challenge. Somehow though, <laughs> I did not start writing in November, like the beginning of November. But the truth is, so by the middle of November, I started to panic. I'm like, oh my gosh, I did commit to myself that I'm going to finish this book in November and so on. And I, I'm supposed to write like 1,500 words per day, 2,000 words per day. Like, how am I going to do this? But then I recall that a lot of the content that I would be putting in the book, 
had already existed because I have a show. I have a, not a show, a course, an online course for porn. So I, I was able to take that. I had some blog posts that I was able to tweak. And so by the end of November, I had, and I've also spoken at International Podcast Day. So I transcribed, right, I transcribed all of that. <laughs> Very smart. Uh, yeah, and then I put everything together. And then by by the middle of November, I, I had 65, 70% of the book complete. Because, yeah, because I already had the content. So it was no matter of organizing that content so that it could be, you know, in a format that flows. I mean, I struggled, like, to, to rearrange the chapters and, and put, you know, and put them in, in the right order and stuff like that. And then this time around, I had, I don't know if you've spoken with Engel Jones yet, out of Trinidad. Oh, I love Engel. Yeah, yes. he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, so, right. So, Engel actually, because he, he, he does book cover design, book cover deals. So, he, he was the one who did the cover. It's amazing. And I had somebody did the formatting because usually I would do everything myself in the book, except the first book, which I went through a publisher, but all the others, well, the fourth book as well, the my co-author handled that side. But usually I do everything myself. But this time around, I decided I was going to just have, you know, different parts, the elements, because I wanted a, a quick turnaround time. And Angel was so gracious, you know, and, and, and his artists. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. I've been on his show as well and stuff. He will be at Podfest too, yeah? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. It's been a while. We haven't seen each other in a while. We've been chatting virtually for for some time, so it'll be nice to catch up. So that's that's it. And I'm really pleased with the outcome and, you know, and the product, what it what it's like. So I'm looking forward to it being a bestseller. Yeah, of course. Why not? Well, congratulations on that, because I know that, that that's a big milestone for a lot of people to have a book published. And you've had several already. So, you know, congrats to you for putting in the hard work to get that done. The other thing you mentioned that I thought was interesting was the idea of um, using the podcast to get press passes for events. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, part, happily. <laughs> part of what I wrote in the book is, is not just the how and the why and all of these things of how to podcast and, and what it can do for you, you know, but I went a little further and that's the, the second segment of the book that I've dedicated to how to use it to elevate and augment your brand. And so some of the things I talk about, you know, from my own experiences that I've been doing is one to get a press, press pass, right? Also how to host, you know, connect with persons, partner, partnerships, hosting like live events um, and just these various, these various things. So for me, I use a podcast to say, to, you know, these major conferences happening in Jamaica, wherever they're happening. Um, I've just been doing them in Jamaica for now. But to say, hey, I would love to, you know, to be, be given access to your events. I'll create a blog post after the event or maybe I, perhaps I do, you know, live tweeting, social media, whatever it is. And it has been pretty, pretty good, you know, the response. And I like to share this interesting story, how a podcast can do so much more for you, including retrieving a stolen phone so, <laughs> so in last year in may or prior to me in april i had was it april i had attended i had attended a an event you know i'd used the, the podcast for a press pass and i met one of the presenters who spoke about cybersecurity and so on i had connected with him gotten his number because i wanted to invite him to my, my upcoming conference. I was hosting one of my leader cast events and I took his number, wanted to connect with him after to sell him some tickets to come to the event. No, no, the event passed. I mean, he didn't quite get to come to the, the event, but 
on the day of, I think I was having a team meeting, a, a debrief of, you know, the post event at one of the hotels, the, the hotels um, here in Jamaica. And on leaving that hotel, I was in traffic, a line of traffic sitting down, waiting for the light to change. And lo and behold, somebody just pushed their hand through my window and took my phone. Wow. Right. It was at, at that point, up to that point, it must have been a two month old new phone. Right. It was like the Samsung S8. And it was a very terrifying moment for me. I went to the police station and I reported all of the drama. And of course, based on one of the things you learn quickly about Jamaica when you're here is that very bureaucratic, right? Everything is a bureaucracy. So <laughs> I remember them telling me what I'm going to need to do because somebody, the, the person who stole it had taken credit of the phone, transfer credit from the phone to others. So it was highly traceable. Plus I had, I had the, the, the details to trace it, but when I went to them and they're telling me what I'm going to need to do to retrieve the phone, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be a victim twice. I'm not having it, right? Once it was stolen and then you're telling me I need to do all of this to get it back. No yeah, way, yeah, yeah. no way. Yeah. I went to the same person. like He's from the cybercrime division in Jamaica. And I connected with him, giving him all the details. He launched an investigation because given his um, his office, he has access to a lot of details that the um, the regular officers wouldn't have, right, based on the nature of his job. And so it took almost four months, but I got back my phone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes to show you it's who you know, right? Yeah. Yes, and the, rela and the relationships you built, you would have never in a million years have thought that, you know, connecting with that conference and connecting with that gentleman would have helped you. In such a but, profound way, yeah? Yeah, in such a profound way. But I think, you know, you were going from the perspective of trying to add value and trying to connect with him on a genuine way. And I think it's just a, a great example. I, we love stories on, on this podcast. <laughs> I know, right? So I know, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's a great story. And so what's next in terms of podcasting? I mean, you're you're making a great name for yourself in the podcasting space as it is with the book, with your appearances at the podcasting conferences. Is that something you're you're going to be conscious of in, for the rest of this year and going into next year as well? Absolutely. So these three conferences in particular, the hope is that, you know, a lot will come from them in terms. I remember even the first one that I spoke at somebody, I interviewed one of the persons, she was a fellow speaker as well, that I met at the ATD Technology Conference. And was, you know, at the end of our conversation, she actually said to me, you know, I listened to your talk about, because I gave a talk on how to start a podcast in one day. And she came and she said, she's been thinking about the, the podcast, starting a podcast. And immediately, based on my talk, she went home. And she was able to, you know, she now has episodes recorded and has several guests nice. lined up and stuff <laughs> like. So these are the wins that I love. And I've been, you know, I, I, out of this, I intend to continue coaching. I intend to continue. Um, one of the things I want to do is work with corporates to do internal podcasts and um, and just be a consultant in that area. So I intend to to continue that. I want to get more speaking engagement, speaking on the topic of podcasting and just how we can augment your brand. Um, you know, when I started, Harry, one of the main drivers for me was that my business was kind of going on the taking a downturn, right? I had eventually closed the location. I'm not even doing much with the brand right now. I don't even know what I'm going to do with the brand. I'm still like not ready to let go of it, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. You should make them a sponsor of your show. 
the my my show right my the no, you, yeah you, the, your brand can be yes, the, the sponsor yeah <laughs> actually you know actually it was initially I used to from because I don't even have my website up or anything right now I kind of pull that but I I really you know it it was one of the things that led me into podcasting field and so I want to be able to, to get more business from it and and so on and use the podcast speaking engagements as leverage that's a great story couple of uh, questions as we as we wrap up. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? What have I changed my mind about recently? And because, you know, I always believe that it's okay to change your mind. I have changed my mind about, so for example, one of the things I wanted to do was, and I've, and I've not been doing it as much as I thought I would, was to be a, a lot more giving. And recently, because of an experience that I've had, almost life, not almost life, threatening experience, I decided that I'm going to share more in terms of developing a ministry. So I've started this ministry called Grace to Grow, and it's for women in Jamaica, particularly in my area in, in St. Catherine in Portmore, who have been, you'd say society has turned its back on. So I have changed my mind about, you know, just focusing on the business aspects, but more on that side that of giving and, and purpose and, and, you know, just yeah, giving back, right? It's important. Like sometimes, always paying it forward and realizing, you know, you you you, know, you talked about what it was like uh, your experiences growing up and the challenges you had, and I think not losing sight of that is important because there's people that are going through the same thing you were going through and are waiting for someone like you, waiting for a conversation like this. Someone's going to hear this and it will impact them in a way where they feel like that there's hope for them. Um, and, and I think a program like that that you're putting together is definitely there. We, we can't have enough of programs like that, because if everyone thought, oh, there's enough money out there, you know, there's, a, you know, Richard Branson will, will save the world. But <laughs> <laughs> You know, we all have to do our part. So I, I applaud you for what you're doing there. What's the, the most misunderstood thing about you? Oh, my gosh, I believe I'm the most misunderstood person ever. I believe so. Because when when it comes on to being in a work mode, and and I guess people like my people who are close to me though are the ones that will see that. So my my families and my friends and my church community that I'm harsh, but I'm not harsh. I'm a very I'm somebody who is, you know, fun loving, jovial, everything. But when it comes on to work, I'm pretty driven. I'm pretty focused. But outside of that, I'm as crazy <laughs> as they come. <laughs> but, but I'm highly misunderstood. And so that question is so appropriate. I'm highly misunderstood. But you know what? I don't even apologize for it because people will know me. Like who know me will know what I'm about and and um, and respect what I'm about. Yeah, the people that really know your heart and know where your intentions lie, you know, they're, they know that you, at the end of the day, regardless of how you're delivering it, what you're trying to do is, is good work. Well, I'm I'm so appreciative to for to us having this conversation. I'm even excited to meet in person. Yes, <laughs> and it's just what happens with this podcasting community, and I and I think it's something you've probably discovered that unlike other communities that I've been a part of, even when I had my corporate job or, or would go to conferences, there's something special and magical about the podcasting community and about their everyone's ability and willingness to help each other out. We all want to see each other succeed. This industry is growing as, as fast as it's grown up until now. And, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it as well, like the visibility of it, the fact that it's going global and, and, and you know, in countries like Jamaica and India and all these places where that it, it didn't exist. I saw, saw it, uh, James Cridlin post something about Lebanon. And, 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 and um, Cairo <laughs> is going on. And yeah, Cairo. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 
I want to be at the at the Egypt podcasting conference. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. No, like I would love. That's why it's late and it's clashing with Podfest too. So. Okay, okay. But well, I want to thank you for taking time. Uh, shout out to Maurice for connecting us. I'm I'm happy that you got to come on and share your story because I I think it's it's been a great one. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Harry. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. What's the best place for folks to connect with you uh, and get more information if they want to connect with you? Sure. HenekaWatkisPorter.com. So H-E-N-E-K-A-W-A-T-K-I-S-P-O-R-T-E-R.com. As well as social media, Henneka Watkis Porter. Yes. And make sure to pick up the book, which is called... Podcast Power, the quick start guide to launching and to leveling up your brand. And they can find that. It's on Amazon. At, and I did a nice little URL for it. So it's bit.ly slash purchase podcast power. Very good. Always thinking like a true entrepreneur and marketer, <laughs> making it easy for <laughs> yes. people to get your stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Hanukkah, it's, a, it's been a pleasure connecting with you. Thanks again. Yeah, man. One love. Take care. So thanks to Hanukkah for sharing her story and her entrepreneurial journey with our audience. Incredibly inspiring to see what she's done as an entrepreneur in Jamaica and how proactive and ambitious she is. She's met Richard Branson. She's published her own book. She switched from radio to podcasting and shows no sign of stopping. I was incredibly inspired to meet her and glad we've been able to stay connected. Thanks again to this week's sponsor, Focusrite and the Scarlett 2i2 sound card. Again, check out podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite for more details. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com for a list of his complete music, podcast production, and marketing provided by Fullcast. Sign up for a free consultation at fullcast.co forward slash chat15 for a 15-minute consult. Tune in next week for my conversation with Jordan Paris, probably one of the youngest entrepreneurs and podcasters I've had on the show. And what Jordan's been able to do with his podcast is nothing short of incredible. If you just take a look at the guests that he's had on his show and you think about how long he's been podcasting, it's an incredibly inspirational story. So I can't wait to share that one with you. If you made it this far, no doubt you're waiting for the retention hashtag. Let's go with Powerful Henneka, P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L, Henneka, H-E-N-E-K-A, hashtag, and tag us at podcast underscore junkies, and Henneka at the entrep U. so that's D-H-E-E-N-T-R-E-P-Y-O-U. Thanks for everything you do to support the show. Stay safe. We'll talk next week.